Tony Basilio welcoming you to. It is the Thursday. It's not just any Thursday. No, no. It's a John Adams Thursday. But it's not just any John Adams Thursday. It's a March Madness, the March to Madness John Adams Thursday. It is a Tennessee takeover of MSG. It is a Josh Collins just told me that the flight into LaGuardia that he was on, as Brian, as they say up there, LaGuardia, the flight into LaGuardia was littered with Tennessee Vol fans. We are coming in mass to the M, to the S, to the G tonight, the hallowed halls. John Adams, uh, have you frequented Madison Square Garden? Yes, I have. Thoughts on that place? Okay. Overrated, you, do you think? Well, I mean, I was there for uh, the Lady Balls played there in December of 2011. I mean, it wasn't like I was covering a uh, Muhammad Ali Sonny Liston fight there. So, think it. I think when you talk about the hallowed halls or when you talk about the great atmosphere, it needs a great event. I mean, it was just a. I didn't come away from thinking, oh, man, that was Madison Square Garden. I wonder if tonight's game's a great event to move the noodle in a place like that. What do you think? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. No, it's just a couple of teams trying to get to the Elite Eight, four teams trying to get to the Elite Eight. Hmm. What do you think, Brian? Great event or? Well, it, it could it could be a great event on Saturday. Oh, boy. Or something about those, man. I've I've been fortunate enough to be at a couple of regional finals, and those are, wow. The couple times we had them here, those were really really fun. The uh, there's probably more rest, uh, pressure, more tension in an elite eight game than there is any other, because you're one step away. Oh, and so you feel the pressure, particularly teams that are supposed to make the final four. Uh, mm. I think they feel more pressure uh, just to get there. Hey, Dixon, my point on the Final Four, uh, the Elite Eight, if Tennessee's fortunate enough to get there, which you never know what's going to happen tonight, but in any of these games, I think it's the hardest win to get in sports, especially for programs that have never been there before. I saw uh, John Chaney, great coach, Hall of Famer, the late great John Chaney at Temple, get there five times and fail all five times. And a couple times he was a favorite, and his teams did not play well. They kind of uh, choked in the moment, so to speak. I think it's the hardest win. I really do. I think it's the hardest win to get in sports is is to win that Elite Eight game when you've never been there. There's been some serious, uh, for lack of a better term, choking, I think, in this tournament already. What do you think is the biggest choke job in the tournament, NCAA tournament so far? Well, it's got to be Purdue, right, losing to that uh, club. And, we, we, you know, we had Jerry Palm on a couple days ago. And Jerry was like, well, I mean, what, what else would you call that other than choking? He said, we lost to the worst team in the field. <laughs> yeah. He said, and and he said, and That's it wasn't the like they hit job in the tournament history. Yeah, yeah, because Jerry said it wasn't like they hit a last second bomb on us to beat us. They uh, they beat us by it, several it possessions. Wasn't like Purdue had had an injured player like Virginia did, or 
or even that that you know uh, FDU just had like this incredible game from three, like UMBC. I mean, they just straight up beat them like in a game. Yeah, you could just you could just see the pressure weighing on Purdue as the game uh, progressed, and you know, I just thought it was a bizarre game because I just watched Purdue win the Big Ten championship. Yep. it's not as though they're a bunch of stiffs. They won a good tournament, uh, but I thought, uh, golly, get. Be a little more patient and mm-hmm. work at getting the ball inside of that guy. I mean, he's mm-hmm. 7-4. He just kept jacking up threes, and then missed worse and worse as the game went along. I think Steve Lapis was doing that game for CBS, Steve, or wherever channel it was on, but he's obviously it's all under CBS's umbrella. And Steve Lapis said, these guys don't want the basketball on offense. Nobody wants the ball. He Like with six minutes left, he was like, this is a problem. These guys are in big trouble. Nobody wants the basketball. Well, the center wanted it. He just couldn't get it. Well, I guess other than him, you know, Kevin uh, Fielder's going to join us. He covers FAU for 24-7. Go ahead, Brian. If those teams played 10 times, how many would Purdue win? Doesn't matter. I'm just asking. That's a good, that's a good you know, thought to ask. Well, if uh, in the NSA tournament, if advancing was on the line, they... They might lose half of them based based you on only, that you game. You only play one. You only play one game. That's the point of the tournament. But I tell you what, I mean, I wouldn't rule out if they played nine more times that Fairfield wouldn't win some of those games the way Purdue looked. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see him winning three or four at least. I mean, that was I, ten. I think Purdue would have been a lot easier game for Tennessee than the Duke game was. And, and Tennessee ended up winning that game fairly handily, but I, I, th- I don't think Purdue could have beaten Tennessee. You just have no, 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 no idea, no, no, no idea what's going to happen in these deals. Now, we've got a edition of Winners and Losers presented by our friends at Twisted Tea, a world premiere coming up. I want to thank our friends at Twisted Tea for helping us present that. A world premiere coming up. In uh, our TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime today, we've got a lot to talk about. John Adams is here. We've got a guest coming up with Florida Atlantic. We'll unpack them with him. Um, Look, Florida Atlantic shoots the ball well tonight. It's going to be hard to beat them. I don't think they will. I don't think they're going to shoot the ball well. But we'll have a special guest joining us on the TLD Logistics Hotline. And then we'll get a bunch of phone calls in as we go today. But Kevin Fielder is going to join the Vols, Lady Vols, a New Year's Six Bowl game. Uh, Brian, uh, two teams in the Sweet 16 winning a New Year's Day Six Bowl game in the matter of months has been done how many times, Bri, in the 2000s? This is an incredible number. We have it over at tclub.team. But, Bri, it's been done how many times? The number's three. Danny White. Take a bow. Take a bow, Danny. Take a brief time out. We come back. I want to thank Chucky Mack, who's in here today, saving us uh, over at Cedar Bluff Plumbing. We, we've got major issues in this, in this old house today. And Chucky Mack, servant of the people, is getting it done. Take a brief. He's the consigliere to my throne. As we take a brief time out and continue with more on your Thursday edition right after this. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. The City of Columbia invites you to experience Mule Day 2023. Don't miss this annual celebration March 30th through April 2nd. The popular Mule Day Parade takes place Saturday, April 1st at 11 a.m. in downtown Columbia, featuring Grand Marshal Mike Wolf of American Pickers. And Murray County Park is where the endless Mule Day fun is happening with a daily lineup of mule competitions, crafts, foods, live entertainment, and more. Visit muleday.com for details. We're going to talk with our favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson at Foodland, who is on the line. Miles, how are you and the great folks at Foodland today? Oh, we're doing great. How are you? Doing fantastic. I tell you, we're not too far out from Mule Day, that's for sure. So what uh, what specials you got for us this week? All righty. Well, this week we have New York strip steaks, four ninety nine a pound, assorted pork chops, $1.59 a pound. Seedless red grapes, 99 cents a pound. 24-pack Crystal Springs water, two for seven. And Coca-Cola 12-packs, two for 13. Wow, that's some good deals as always. And uh, again, you're open uh, seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Right there on West 7th. Uh, very convenient. People can come in and uh, get whatever they need. So, Miles, you have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. All right, once again, Miles Johnson from Foodland. They got some great, great deals. Make sure you go check them out. Walk in. They got the flyer right there by the door. You guys getting Foodland on West 7th. Go check them out. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. They're in the hallowed halls tonight, the Tennessee Volunteers are, and also FAU. They will square off tonight in the round of 16, and I don't think anybody thought either team was going to be there in the Sweet 16 when this thing was uh, first announced. Tennessee was not exactly uh, adorning themselves in glory uh, leading into the tournament. And FAU, hey man, FAU shoots the basketball well, but you know when you shoot it the way they do and you shoot as many as they do, anything can happen in any one of these games. You can look like a world beater or you can get beat into the ground. Uh, when the shots aren't falling. And tonight's matchup is one of these classic cases of somebody's going to make somebody play somebody's game. 
Uh, and let's bring Kevin Fielder in here. He covers FAU, 247 Sports. Kevin and I were just talking off the air. It's a kind of a cold day in NYCNY. And, uh, Kevin, the shooting tonight from FAU can't match the temperatures outside if they hope to get by the Vols. I mean, I, I think it could hit – could compare the numbers wise. I mean, I think if they shoot forty-seven percent for three, they'll be pretty good. But in terms of shooting cold, no, they they won't win this game if they don't shoot fairly well from three. And the, the problem is that this so far this tournament, they've kind of struggled shooting the three consistently. Uh, you know, Memphis they were able to win by just being bigger and stronger inside the paint, and then it was similar against Fairleigh Dickinson. Uh, they need to shoot better from three, and they need to do it quickly to beat a team like Tennessee. The, the first couple of opponents, Kevin, as we, we unpack what went on the first couple rounds with FAU, uh, the numbers of three balls they, they shot during the year, even though they, you know, they got quite a bit off to the, uh, to the average bearer to most teams, generally they shoot more three balls than what they attempted during the postseason. In, in your mind, what happened there? I think it was a style thing. Uh, you know, head coach Dusty May and the players have always prided themselves on being able to play different styles and being able to play with whatever works to win the game. And so against a team like Memphis and against a team like FDU, uh, particularly against a team like FDU, you have such a size advantage inside. I mean, we heard all the things about how FDU was the smallest team in, in the tournament and the smallest team in the nation. They had no players above six foot six, So they were able to capitalize on just being bigger than them, being stronger than them. And that's why I think Giancarlo Rosado had a really good game. And, uh, you know, Vlad Golden had some good moments inside. Those sort of things push them against FDU and against Memphis, and that won't really happen against Tennessee because of how lengthy and how tall uh, Tennessee is in the front court. Yeah, one of Tennessee's concerns in this game is the concept of ball watching, but in order for that to happen, FAU has to be able to penetrate a little bit against Tennessee's length and against their lockdown defenders. One of my keys this week, and I've kind of driven my staff crazy with this, but I think one of the keys in this game tonight is the way the game's called. And Dusty May, every time he's gotten before an open microphone, proving to me that he's a pretty sharp guy, has basically tried to set the tone, uh, hey, this is not football. We're playing basketball tonight, and I hope this game's called like a basketball game. I think the way this game is officiated is going to be a major theme in terms of, uh, of the way it's played. What do you think? I agree. You know, Dusty May, right after the FDU game, he was asked about how he prepares for a team like Tennessee, and I think he made the joke about how it's, you know, you study Aussie rules football because it's not basketball. And they play very physical, and I think that's a compliment to how they played, but they also get away with some stuff from referees. And whether that's SEC bias, whatever it is, it's really real that sometimes they'll get away with stuff with some certain referees. And if you let them get away with stuff, I don't think that you will have the physicality to match. Now, if the game is called closer to, I think, as you said, a basketball game, it's going to be a really tight game. I mean, this is a game with two teams that are evenly matched in terms of how they played this year. Uh, You know, credit to Tennessee for being the four seed, and, you know, they played really well, I think, in conference play at times, but they're inconsistent, and FAU has played consistently well this season, even even if they don't have the same talent as a team like Tennessee. So if this game is called closely, I think it's going to be a very good and very tight game. Yeah, my concern for Tennessee, and, and, and Matt Dixon, you, you were cracking on me yesterday. You were texting me during our show. But here's my concern. My concern is, you know, you get some wild card officials. We've already known that the six that are in the pool that we got yesterday, we got the list here yesterday on the program we were talking about, the six who are in the pool right now, 
And if you go to tclub.team, you can see the poll of officials for tonight. They're going to take three for each game and then one alternate official. But, Matt, one of the reasons why we camped on it is that if you get a um, – and, Dixon, I'm going to admonish you here on the air. If you get two fouls on Vescovy, Rick Barnes will sit him down, Matt, for 12, 13 minutes. We've already seen that. And you can't do that tonight, Matt Dixon. That can't happen in this game, Matt. Well, no, and that's that's where, if, from Tennessee's perspective, you hope your your senior leadership kind of steps up and 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 is a big factor in the game. And you know, you can't you can't afford Vescovi to get in foul trouble. So that that's that is a factor. But that's both teams will have the same officials, so it's whichever one adjusts to the game better. Yeah, but it's very important that the game is called more like a rugby game and like a football game than it is like a basketball game from Tennessee's perspective. They need officials to let them clutch and grab, keep FAU from getting in their offense, get handsy with them, get hand-checky with them. And the interesting thing is that Barnes is on that uh, competition rules committee, uh, and this is the type of basketball that's being that they're letting people play in the tournament, and it is totally to Tennessee's advantage. Matt Dixon, jump in here with Kevin Fielder, who covers FAU for 247. Yeah, Kevin, um, it, it seems like FAU likes to get out and run and do a lot of things in transition, where, whereas Tennessee is, is more of a, you know, slow it down, make teams beat them in the half court. How how well did, does FAU's um, fu- function in if if teams can slow them down and, and make them, you know, not, not get out and run and, and, you know, not face a press defense? How, how, how does F- FAU function in those types of games? I think we've seen them have success against uh, in in the half court offense, and I think that's a great question because so many people look at the tempo number and they see that FAU runs the ball fast, or they watch the FDU game and they saw that FA or you know FAU and FDU had I think like eighty possessions within the first fifteen minutes of that ball game. FAU is willing to slow the game down; they're able to slow the game down. They don't want to, but this offense has been designed. Uh, you know, I wrote about it earlier in the season. It's a very heavy influence on your, uh, European basketball with off-ball movement, cut, trying to get the ball with your, into your playmaker's hands with with space, and that's an offense that can really predicate itself well against aggressive defenses and against half-court offenses. I think that's why they've been so successful this year. Is when teams started to notice that FAU was so good in you know in tempo and getting really aggressive. Teams started to back down. They started to have them play in the half-court game, and they didn't really take a step back. Uh, I think that's just credit to what FAU has done on offense this year. And it's a little bit harder against a team like Tennessee because Tennessee's defense is so good. You know that that's why they're at this point right now is because of how good their defense has been and how timely their offense has been. But for FAU, they're going to need to find a way to get the game in their tempo. I think a little bit sooner, whether it's off rebounds, off turnovers, or you know, trying to get the game faster in the, the half-court game. Do they cheat guys out? Do they leak guys out when balls go up? Will we see guards go the other end? I haven't exactly noticed it much. Uh, I, I'm sure it happens a little bit, but I don't think it's as big as, like, some other teams in the country where they try and just, you know, get 300 fast break points a game. It feels yeah. like. Now, they're going to leak guys out in certain situations, but... I think that this team is very experienced, and they're timely about when they try and do those things. Kevin Fielder on the TLD Logistics Hotline, online at tldlogistics.com. Tennessee and Florida Atlantic, Madison Square Garden, second game uh, of the Michigan State-Kansas State 
doubleheader tonight up there, which is just going to be marvelous, marvelous college basketball. And this Tennessee game is an absolute contrast of styles. John Adams, I bring you in. Um, jump in here with Kevin Fielder. John Adams, longtime Knoxville News Sentinel. Hit it, brother. Uh, Kevin, one of the things I'm curious about in this game, so much is made of Tennessee's physical play. I think sometimes opponents uh, overcompensate for that, and they go in with a mindset, we've got to match their physically, physicality, and they overdo it. And I just wonder how, uh, how FAU's post guys will be able to handle that. What I mean, do you think of those guys as pretty cool customers who can adjust to this kind of thing? That's a great question. Uh, Vlad Golden, the, the biggest one, the seven foot one Russian, uh, who starts most games, has struggled with foul trouble at times this year, and he's struggled to stay in games early, and you know he's gotten to two or three fouls pretty quickly. That's really my biggest concern for FAU, is what happens if Vlad Golden gets into foul trouble and you have to rely on John Carlo Rosado. They're, stylistically, those two are completely different. Uh, John Carlo Rosado is a little bit more shifty, and he's six foot nine, and he can play make with the ball in his hands and Vlad Golden is your prototypical seven foot pass the ball to the guy in the post and see what he can do. Uh, Vlad Golden I feel like matches this game a little bit better for FAU and Rosado has played really well this tournament so it's going to be interesting to see how these big men react and that's sort of my biggest question mark for FAU today is how do these big men react in a game like this against a team like this they haven't played a team like Tennessee since Florida you know they've played good teams North Texas UAB but they have not played a team with as much talent this season in two or three months, four months, uh, you know, since November. It's going to be really interesting again. Um, if FAU is going to click tonight, okay, who's it going to go through? Who's 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 got to, uh, for them, who's got to step up and have a big game? It's been the same two guys all season. I'm going to keep saying them. It's John Collier, or it's uh, Elijah Martin, excuse me, and it's Sean L. Davis. Donald Davis had a great game against FCU, and I think that's the reason why they won the game. 25 points, uh, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 steals. He needs to be on his game. And similarly with Elijah Martin, Elijah Martin has struggled this tournament. He got a couple shots early against FCU, which I think helps his confidence. But you can't go into a game like this with your two best players cold. This is the Sweet 16. This is basketball. This almost the highest level. You have to be able to play through your guys, through your stars that got you to this point. And for the FAU, it's been John L. Davis and Elijah Barton, uh, and they need to be at the top of their game for uh, you know for FAU to come out with the quote unquote upset uh, you know against Tennessee. Kevin, I would feel from a Tennessee perspective a lot better about tonight's game if FAU had shot the ball really really well the last couple games. The fact that they didn't and got through scares me a little bit, if you know what I mean. I I I don't like the concept of playing a team that's made it to the Sweet 16 whose stuff is predicated on making shots and they've gotten there despite shooting below season averages. I just, I just, I don't like stuff like that because eventually you're going to be who you are. Eventually you're going to shoot the ball. And if you go through three games in a tournament and you don't shoot the basketball, that, that to me is a, that to me is a little bit of an outlier. I, I think FA, I, I think what I'm trying to say tonight is thinking out loud, FAU is probably due for a good shooting night. I think it's going to be a really tough game for the Vols. What do you think? I agree. Uh, I've always been a 
big believer in college basketball in particular that water finds its way. At some point, good shooting teams are going to shoot well, and comparatively, bad shooting teams are going to shoot poorly. Uh, and I think that FAU is going to have to have a good shooting night, and I think they will. Uh, you know, I think that some of it was getting used to the basketball, used to these big arenas. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys have looked at photos of FAU's arena. There's not much there. There's 3,000 feet, and you know, most of the time they're not there. So I think he's not been used to the big stadiums, and Nationwide Arena is uh, 10 times that. You know, so FAU, I think, is going to have to shoot well, and I think them getting to New York early, Dusty May made the points for those guys to get to New York early and just sort of unwind, calm down. I think FAU is going to have to shoot the ball well, and I think that this is really a game where they can shoot the ball well and potentially come away with a big-time win for this program, but it's not going to be easy. Uh, Tennessee is one of the better teams in the country on defense, and they if you let them play the way that they play, they're going to win the game every time. Oh, yeah. You know, um, conversely, from Tennessee's perspective, Matt, if the Vols are successful tonight, it happens with whom, Matt? What do you think? Who has to do it for us, Matt? Oh, sorry, sorry, I was muted. Um, well, that that is that's kind of the interesting thing because Tennessee doesn't rely on just the one player. They, I think, they have to have, you know, two or three guys step up um, for, from your your senior guys. To, Josiah Jordan James needs to shoot well. Uh, Biscovi has to shoot well and and have a nice game and stay out of foul trouble. And then you have to have somebody else step up and join those guys. Um, Olivier did it against Duke with the incredible second half. Um, has he ever done it? Has he done it in back-to-back games? No. Not really. Maybe maybe he can, or, or a Tyreek Key can come off the bench and give you, you know, 10 to 12. Um, but but Viscovi and Triple J for sure have to have nice games, and then you have to have one of your other role players, you know, kind of play a li- just a little bit above their head. Tonight's game feels very wild cardy to me. I, I People say, well, what do you think is going to happen? And the answer is, I have zero idea what's going to happen in this game. Brian Hartman, and we bathe in it. We do a postgame. The other night we did a four-and-a-half-hour postgame show, Kevin, when the game was over. Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime. We'll be on with you tonight as soon as the show goes, as soon as the game goes final. We'll be live taking your phone calls. Uh, Brian Hartman, jump in. Yeah, the uh, Al's lost two games in conference to MTSU and to UAB. UAB. Do you, do you attribute that to familiarity with the opponent? MTSU almost got them twice, and then they did lose a game to Ole Miss way back early in the year, and, of course, Ole Miss's season didn't quite – that was no indicator of how those two seasons would go. What do you attribute – what 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 those teams have to do right to get past FAU and beat them? I think that's such a good question because I've tried to look at those games and figure out why those teams beat FAU and figure out the why is the why – UAB beat FAU, why Middle Tennessee beat FAU. I don't look too much with the Ole Miss game because that was in November. Every team was sort of trying to figure themselves out, and so I don't really take that game much. But those last two games, I think, are very interesting points. Middle Tennessee, I still don't know what happened. I think that was just a bad game for FAU. And that's going to happen when you play 35 games in a season or whatever it is. Uh, now, for UAB, it was their their main scorer, Jared Jolly Walker, got going. Uh, and, you know, it was his first game back. He started to sort of get hot. I think he just didn't have an answer. And when scores get hot, it's sort of hard to match. And that's why I was so concerned about the Memphis game in the tournament because Kendrick Davis was very similar to the 
Jelly Walker and the fact that they're three-level scores you could score from anywhere. So, uh, you know, I don't know if there's really a blueprint to beat FAU as much as it is, you know what, just if Tennessee has a really good game, and they've had really good games this year, especially, you know, in the round of 32. If that happens, uh, I think that'll help them out a lot. So on the way out, Kevin, when you're watching tonight's game, FAU's in good shape if what happens? I think it's they shoot the ball well from three. And you know what? They just they just play their game. You know, you've gotten to this point playing this very unique style of offense and being really responsible and letting your experienced guys work. If that happens in this game, they can win this game. Uh, you know, if they if they try and play the Tennessee game and tries to get physical with Tennessee, they're going to lose the game. You're going to be bye-bye birdie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, ten, if Tennessee's going to line up like this, it's a football match. It's a five-on-five yep. football match for them. Yep. And so if Tennessee struggle, if FAU tries to play this game like Tennessee, they're going to lose this game every single time. Uh, and so if FAU tries to play this game like they have played games this season and sort of try and force Tennessee to adjust, this is going to be a game that FAU can absolutely win. My key here for the Vols is avoid early foul trouble. When they, when they got in there... When they got in their little losing streak earlier in the year, they had Zakai Ziegler foul out against um, uh, Missouri. They had early foul trouble in the Missouri loss in the uh, SEC tournament. You know, the early foul trouble stuff is the stuff that dooms the Vols. They had some foul trouble uh, the uh, in, in the first game, which made a uh, first game of the NCAA tournament against Louisiana, which made that game a lot closer than it should have been. And Barnes is old school enough that he'll pull a guy off the floor if he has two fouls, even if he doesn't have any other guards. I mean, he'll do that with with Vescovy, so that has to occur. Hey, Kevin, listen, I appreciate you joining. One other thing for you. What's this May guy like to um, cover? Because I can't believe that he was raised under Bobby Knight, coached under Bobby Knight, is a Bobby Knight disciple. Like, he practices... Everything's positive around his kids. He's very calm with his kids. He's very, um, I don't even know what the term is. He, he, I would love to play for a coach like that. He just seems like a really good guy. Yeah, I mean, I think that he is about the most opposite of Bobby Knight you can ever get. And, you know, Bobby Knight's his idol. Uh, you know, he's a big-time Indiana fan, and, you know, he grew up wanting to play for Indiana. and So, you know what? Honestly, I think it's so many people like the guy because he's just him. He's just him yeah. at every point. You know, it's not, he's not trying to be something he's not. He's not coming in here being all hoorah and, you know, this is what we're going to do. It's just him. And, you know, he gives players freedom. You're going to hear a lot and you probably heard a lot. Uh, you know, this is a player led team. The locker room, the huddles, everything is player led. He's just there to help support things when necessary. And I think that's why players love him so much because they let, you know, he lets players be them and they, he lets them express themselves. This offense is not, you know, this is not Dusty May's team as much as he would love it. This is this is the FAU team. This is the FAU players and the FAU coaching staff and all those guys. Uh, you know, he said it multiple times. He said it when asked why he was a favorite or you know a finalist for the national coach of the year. This is the player-led team, and you know what? Uh, I think that's why players just love him so much because he lets players be themselves when they can be themselves. And express themselves, and you know what that just helps. I think players get a little bit comfortable. I think that's a big reason why five years under him, they've consistently gotten better, and now they're in the Sweet Sixteen of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, he was. Um, you know, he was. I saw him on one of those ESPN shows this week, and he basically said that he said, "This isn't about me." 
He said, and I mean that when I when I say that. And, and we had Coach McDevitt the other day on for middle. And one of the things he said at the end of our deal, I said, you have anything else you want to add? He said, yeah. He said, the two guys coaching in this deal are a credit to this profession. Uh, in a profession full of, you know, guys that are, are, are less than that. He said, these are two very good human beings. He said, I'm happy for both of them. And it's interesting to hear a guy in a league say that about another coach. Yeah, especially in a, in a league where there aren't a lot of bids to go around. There, there, there's a lot of cattiness generally uh, among those types of leagues. And I thought that was very interesting that he, that was the choice of words he used in describing Dusty May. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, that just goes to show how much respect he's driven in this industry. I think if you ask anyone who's interacted with him, I talked to one of his former head coaches, Mm -hmm. uh, Mike Davis Sr., who's now at Detroit Mercy, and he couldn't stop talking about how dedicated he was, how committed he was to everything. Uh, You know, and I think that just goes to show how much respect he's he's earned in this industry. Kevin Fielder covers FAU for 247 Sports. Kevin, if folks want to interact with you, our Twitty, et cetera, how do they do so? The best place is on Twitter, at the Kevin Fielder, uh, and then at Owls247, and then Owls247.com. Uh, you know, today's a really great game, I think, for FAU in particular. They've never been to this point, so I think it will be a really exciting one of two teams that are just completely different. Who do you like in the undercard of this game, the uh, Kansas State-Michigan State game? I can't bet against Tom Izzo in March. Oh, no. I just can't do it. Give me give me Michigan State in a close one. Uh, I, I like Marquise Noel, the, the Kansas State guard, but I can't bet against Tom Izzo in March. Every time I've tried to, he, he's won. So give me give me Michigan State in a good one. Thank you, my brother. Good talking to you. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Thank you, Kevin. Enjoy the game tonight. On the TLD Logistics hotline online, tldlogistics.com. TLD, so much more than a trucking company. TLD Logistics does everything. Whatever your challenges are relating to shipping, you call TLD. They're going to figure it out for you from there online, tldlogistics.com. John, we, we get paid for our um, tremendous sports knowledge. The team that shoots the ball better tonight is going to win. How about that? And if FAU can, can get off and get comfortable in the game and get flowing and shoot some three balls, they're going to win. Yeah, Tony, I was uh, a friend of mine who likes to bet asked me my was looking for my insight yeah. on betting. Yeah. And I don't bet, so it's e- easy to give insight. I don't bet anymore, but uh, I really think this Tennessee is a great bet in this game. I, I just I don't think this game is going to be that close. I think Tennessee's challenge is going to be in the Elite Eight, and it doesn't matter whether it's Kansas State or Michigan State. I think that is going to be – a tough, tight game with a lot of pressure on it. I just think Tennessee will play really well tonight against a team that will – I know it's had a great year, but I just think it's all overmatched. You think FAU is overmatched? Yes. Uh-huh. I hope you're right. Matt Dixon, Tennessee's never had in any of our lifetimes, I don't think in the history of the school, a better opportunity to go to a Final Four than right now from this point. They're 80 minutes of basketball away. I think tonight we're talking. They're 40 minutes of basketball from going to the Final Four. I, I, I mean, I, I know you you've said that this week, and, and other people. I've seen a lot of people say that, but I, Tennessee's had brackets just open up for them a few times, and they just haven't taken advantage. You know that 
that one Jerry Green team was a four seed in the highest ranked team left in their bracket when they, they played North Carolina. You know, and it was like North Carolina and like a seven seed Tulsa, like we're in the Elite Eight. That, like, um, you know, Loyola got out of our, our region in 2018 as an 11 seed when that bracket opened up when yep. Virginia and Cincinnati had both lost. Tennessee yep. was the highest ranked team remaining. Yep. Um, you know, even that next year, it, even though for, even though Tennessee was the two, Purdue was the three, and we know Purdue chokes in every tournament except that one. Virginia chokes yeah. in every tournament. Like I think Tennessee's had plenty of opportunities; they've just never, never taken advantage. So I, I don't know if I agree yeah. that it's the the best opportunity they've had. It's another great opportunity, but I don't know if I would say it's the best because, you know, I I still don't think this team is is nearly good enough as, as some of our previous Tennessee teams. Well, you know, what's funny is the teams that we all thought were great that won 30-plus games had the hardest regional draw probably of any of the teams Tennessee's taken to the tournament. That yes. was 2008 and then 2019. They had the hardest draws, and there was no upsets that, that paved their way. They had to go through the best teams they could. Yep, and, and Matt, to your this point, is, yeah, to your a point. lot of other teams that weren't as highly regarded have gotten much easier pass, but didn't take advantage to this point. And to your point, Matt, you got North Carolina cousins over there. You got Jed, and you got Rick Barnes. And I think I'd rather have Rick Barnes than Jed from the Beverly Hills uh, at the head of my basketball oh, team. Oh, without question. And you've got Barnes, who's been much maligned in March. He knows that. He's no dummy. This thing is wide open. John's right. Tennessee outmans and outmatches this FAU team. This FAU team must shoot the basketball or they're going to go home. I mean, it's pretty simple. Now, they and make – I they think make, Barnes does yeah. really well on the, the week and, like, in between. I think it's those short turnaround games is where yeah. where Barnes has been tripped up. So and Izzo, that, I think yeah. that leads to what John was just saying. And Izzo's had 31 of them. got to get there first. Izzo's had 31 of them, which speaks to his prowess in the tournament, and he's 24 and seven in those games, which is what makes that so difficult. If it's Michigan State, and that will be totally ironic, but here's the real irony: the year that South Carolina came out of nowhere with their physical team and caught lightning in a bottle, John, in the second round they beat Duke, and you know where the next round was. When they went through the East, they went to Madison Square Garden. I think we'll look back on that tournament in South Carolina making the Final Four as one of the more puzzling things that that's happened in the NCAA tournament. No question. But Tennessee I mean, that could, was, uh, Tennessee could join them. Yeah. That, there, there's some things you just can't explain no. in this tournament. No. Uh, I think, though, and, and you hit on it earlier, and, and this is an important thing to remember. I thought going into this tournament, it was the most important thing, not just for Tennessee, but for some other for some other teams in, in from the SEC in this tournament. Uh, how physical would the officials let it go? Yep. And they're letting it go pretty much as physical as you can be. That really favors Tennessee to me. That favors Tennessee more than the seating, more than the venue, more than maybe how it might match up against certain teams. I just think that is a huge factor. And I asked Kevin, uh, the FAU beat guy, about this. 
I really think, you know, you keep talking, everybody's talking about how physical Tennessee is. So to me, the natural response to that from an opponent is to, okay, we got to be physical. We got to be, we're not going to let them bully us. We will not be intimidated. So you go out there and you end up getting the stupid fouls. Yep. I really think that can work to Tennessee's advantage because this has been been so apparent. You know, the other side of that is, well, they keep talking about how physical, how rough uh, Tennessee is, and national columnists comment on it, and national talking heads comment on it. And so you might think, well, maybe officials say we need to rein them in. I don't think that's the case in this tournament because I've watched a lot of games and this has been the general theme. Yeah. It's, yeah, just let it go. Just let them play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, that's advantage falls. Huge... Yeah. Yeah. Because Dusty May. Going back to. Uh... Go ahead. Dusty May on ESPN yesterday said, again, you know, we need this game called like a basketball game. He knows. If they get drug into. Um, a physical fist fight deal, they're going to get beaten into the ground. Duke got beaten into the ground, and Duke has a much bigger front line. Duke was much more, uh, what would you, how would you say that? They, they were much more equipped to perform in that game, and, and they shrunk. These guys tonight will get literally bullied. And if they let Tennessee grab them on offense and they don't get into their offense, they got no chance. Because they'll be throwing up wild three balls. That's why it's a huge advantage. Tennessee's playing the second game. They get to see how that first game's officiated. Yep. You know, maybe you can catch the other the other Sweet Sixteen game on TV. Good point. The, the NCAA might make it a point. You know, after all this talk about Tennessee, and and it's not just Tennessee; it's other yep. teams as well. That they they might be really whistle happy yep. early in these games. And that's something that Tennessee could see and be able to adjust to. Hopefully, as as well as well as knowing which which three officials will do our game, they'll they'll know that for sure after they see who's who's doing the first game. John, the thing that's really I think interesting tonight is: do they throw Plavi out there to start? I think they're going to. Sure. And are the officials going to target him? Jay Billis all week has been saying a couple times. I've been on the phone. With some officials. <laughs> what happened really? to Duke is an injustice. Now, I didn't believe that yesterday, and I went back and looked the quotes up, and he said that a couple times. I've been on the phone this week. Now, I don't know if that's advocacy. I don't know what that is. I'm not sure what that is, but if that isn't blue blood behavior after your team gets beat, I don't know what is. I've been on the phone this week with officials. How about entitlement? Or entitlement. But yeah, it, it doesn't take a thing. rocket scientist to understand that, you know, this college well, basketball thing know, hasn't exactly been Tennessee's bag down through the years, which has me A worried. lot of, uh, going back to the Duke thing, yeah. South Carolina didn't get to have, they didn't have to go to play Duke in North Carolina, which is often the case when you have to play them. Yep. Like Tennessee, they got, they got Duke in a setting where yep. it wasn't going to be a, Decided Duke advantage playing somewhere in a in a venue that wasn't gonna, you know, be yeah. a be a uh, mostly Duke cheering people. Cheering they play them in they play them like in Greenville, didn't they? Greenville, yeah, they South Carolina. They, they had to move. They moved the tournament out of North Carolina that year because yep. of that the, the, the bathroom tender deal. Yeah, 
Oh, my God, the bathroom deal. But do you guys think that, see here, I just think this is the way the tournament has been called. And and Tony says, okay, Jay Billis is calling officials and saying this is an injustice. But nobody cares what he says. But this is the way the game has been called throughout the tournament. It's not just Tennessee. You're right, John. Tennessee is better at this style of play You're right. than most teams. You're right. Maybe anybody. Yes. It's been doing it all year. Yes. You and, know, the one team we, in this we, deal, John, that can drag Tennessee into it is Michigan State. They're built just like them. They play just like them. They're coached just like them. They've got a guy that's better at the tournament than our guy, obviously. Our, anybody in our fan base, including his family, would admit that. Like, everybody would. This Izzo guy just has a knack for this deal. But, you know, you get to that Elite Eight and anything can happen. For some reason, I well, Bino said, and I want to read Bino's tweet. Bino said that he's as anxious about this deal today as he's been because in his lifetime he's never seen a better draw. And you said it earlier, John. This FAU deal, it's not a walkover because they can make their shots. But, man, it's pretty darn close. It is pretty darn close to a walkthrough. If I would have told you before the tournament that you were going to draw FAU in New York City to get to the Final Four, to get to the Elite Eight, rather, I think you would have taken that, John. I think you'd have taken that deal. Yeah, I would have taken it, and I also would have taken the deal if you have to get to the Final Four, you have to beat Michigan State or Kansas State. I mean, when I looked at this bracket. I mean, I thought it was a great bracket for Tennessee with one exception. It had Purdue. That was a great draw. That's the number one seed. If you got to play a number one seed, that's whom you want to play. Uh, but Duke, that was the – and I haven't watched Duke a lot this year. I don't know what the officiating's like in the Atlantic Coast. Matt probably knows. Uh, but I haven't watched it a lot. Uh, but I knew Duke had a talented team, a lot of heralded freshmen. Uh, that, to me, was a stumbling block. Yep. And I thought Duke could go to the Final Four. I was so wrong about that. Uh, see, see Duke, Duke felt like the Sweet 16 game. FAU feels more like the second-round game. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's, that's what, yeah, it's, at it's least to like me. they're reversed. But when I but I'll see and I haven't seen Marquette I hadn't seen Marquette much before just uh, snippets of Marquette during the uh, during the regular season. So when I looked at this bracket, I thought, man, great break! All you got to do, you're a four seed and you might be playing in the Sweet 16, the number one seed Purdue. Who else would you want to play among the number one seeds? It's not even close. That's whom you would want to play. So I looked at that. And then I looked, the team that would have concerned me, and then it was Duke, and then it was Kentucky, because Kentucky... Now that, can, no doubt. Tennessee's, Kentucky, hey, hey, John, Tennessee staff, they were saying off, away from this thing, they were thrilled, thrilled when Kentucky got beat. Horrible, I'm sure. Horrible matchup for us. Horrible. I know it, Horrible. And you know, Tony, how t- people yeah. always say... Well, it's hard to beat a, three, a team three times. No, no. it's not. No, it not isn't. when you match up that well against them. No, they would have rolled us. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and, and so once they were out, Kentucky's out of the yeah. way, and then you beat Duke, yeah. it's like the skies opened up. I, I mean, here yeah. you go. So I don't 
And I think there's a tendency because of what ten- because of Tennessee's lack of success in the tournament, mm-hmm. because of Rick Barnes's lack of success. There's mm-hmm. reason. There's reason to be doubtful. There's reason to be skeptical. Mm-hmm. There's reason to come up with all kind of ideas as to why mm-hmm. these other teams could win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I tell you, I mean, if you just looked, if you discount all of that and you just look at the teams and look what they've done, Tennessee is the pick here. It's to me, it's done the most to get here. It's beaten a lot of good teams. It's played in a tough physical league, and the NCAA officials are calling it a tough physical game. And to me, it's just kind of laid out for Tennessee. Third best odds of any team in the Sweet 16 to get to the Final Four, and rightfully so. Mm -hmm. The favorite in the region, and rightfully so. Now, things don't always go according. In fact, they hardly ever do with favorites in this deal. There are one seeds that are sitting home. There are two seeds that are sitting home. But you, I'm with John Adams. I don't think we've ever seen a better opportunity for Tennessee to go to a Final Four than right now. And I know what Matt's saying. Oh, well, back then, you know, you had this thing. And you don't have Jerry Green coaching you. You got a real coach. And you got real senior leadership. And you got this Vescovy guy who has been excellent. He's playing his best basketball right now. He's been excellent. The only thing that took him out of that Louisiana game the other night and kept them from blowing that team off the floor was him getting two fouls and his head coach sitting him there for, for 16 minutes or 13. Just stupid. I'm sorry. And I love, you know, I'm all for the job Barnes has done here. If those officials come out there tonight and take him off the floor in the first six minutes, after six minutes, and we sit him down for 14 minutes in that first half, shame on us. Shame on us, because you do not want to. That's the thing that concerns me about tonight. Like John, like Matt was saying, these guys have been hearing the national media chirp at them all week. And look, basketball fans are basketball fans, and, and these guys that officiate are ex-players, Sometimes they're ex-coaches at certain levels. They're whatever they are, but they're all paying attention to what's being said about these tournaments. Some of them are fielding calls from Jay Billis. And I'm not trying to start anything with the Jay Billis deal, but Jay Billis said it. I've been on the phone. I've been on the phone. I mean, when you say that, when you say I've been on the phone, to me, I I believe a guy. Well, Tony, he should have got on the phone before the game. He's kind of late to the party with his own stuff. Well, he obviously went on the phone with his coach because Mike Krzyzewski himself even said that it wasn't a, uh, you know, that that, that was that wasn't the case. Which I thought was really interesting. I think Krzyzewski's a little upset with Shire. And uh, Krzyzewski needs to lend Shire his family, his daughters, <laughs> so they could sit over there and just cuss out the officials. Because Duke looked like a much classier bunch under Shire than they did under uh, Krasuski, in my humble there opinion. Were, there was no Grayson Allen out there. No, Yeah, that's another thing about the Dukies. That's so good. Did any of the officials from our game make it, you know, advance to this deal, or did they, they get whacked off? Uh, there's one guy, and Raphalitic Shudd said he blew the whistle 20 times, and 16 of them went against Tennessee the other day. And he's in the pool. So those, those other two guys might might be in Siberia or are floating in some <laughs> river right now. 
take a brief time out. We come back. See, the guy that <laughs> made all the calls for Duke advanced. Matt, Matt, Matt might be on to something here. We're crying conspiracy before we even see the what's going to happen tonight. Let's stir it up. You are. On the you other are. side, on the other side, we're going to get some calls in. John Adams presented by Seniors Helping Seniors. Ray Bales is up in NYCNY supporting the club tonight. He's fired up, focused, and prepared. I'm fired up, focused, and prepared. John Adams has his game face on. If only you could see him now. Brian Hartman is pacing the floor nervously. It is game day. Game day all day here at tclub.team as we continue after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chandala yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 41 dollar bill one better one dollar bill one better one dollar bill come to the 2023 mule day auctioneer championship hosted by the columbia breakfast rotary club benefiting their college scholarship fund outstanding auctioneers from across the country will be competing to be named the 2023 mule day auctioneer champion the event will be held at the tennessee livestock sale barn at 1231 industrial park road columbia tennessee starting at 11 a.m hope to see you there 31 dollar bill one better one dollar bill Looking for a fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. The Mules are back in town. Mule Day 2023, the wagon train departs on Wednesday, headed to Murray County Park. Attend all four days, Thursday, March 30th through Sunday, April 2nd. Mini Mania Show and the Log Pulling Competition Thursday at 12 noon with the Feed Time Race at 2 p.m. At 4 p.m., Jackpot Mule Races has some smoking fast mules, all competing for cash and bragging rights for the title of the fastest mule in Tennessee. Friday at noon is the Driving Mule Show, and at 6 p.m., the Gated Mule State Championship. Saturday is a big day. The Mule Day Parade on West 7th Street in downtown Columbia at 11 a.m. sharp. Then Pony Mule Pulling at noon. Mule Pulling Tennessee State Championships and the Skillington Draft Mule Show at 2 p.m. On Sunday, we have worship at 9 a.m., the Riding Mule Show at 11 a.m., and gospel singing at noon. Did I mention Friday and Saturday? Ham and white bean plates are only 10 bucks from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Visit MuleDay.com for a complete schedule of Mule Day events. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. It's hour two. On your radio, John and myself think the Vols have never had a better chance to get to the Final Four. Matt Dixon's not selling for that concept. Brian Hartman's struggling with that concept. And yet here we are. 865-200-5402 if you want to join us. Matt and Brian, it is, um, well, Matt, what you were saying, and then we'll go to the phones at 865-200-5402 during the break, it is so well put. I mean, you can feel it and grasp it right now, Matt. You can feel it. Yeah, it, it's right there. It, it's another great opportunity that, that Tennessee basketball has to, to, to break down the walls and, and, and get there. So it's, you know, it, it's, it's not like Florida Atlantic has particularly played really well. That's the point. In the tournament, they just, they just got a good draw. They had a Memphis team that just kind of imploded on themselves and then got a lucky break from the officials. And then in the second round, they had a 16 seed who, while they actually were playing well, you know, they, 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 Florida Atlantic, 
had played against that press and that kind of style of defense, unlike Purdue, so they were prepared for it and and were able to win. So it's it's not like Florida Atlantic's like, and I think you know they've won I think nine straight in thirty three games overall, but they haven't particularly played well you know in the tournament. They didn't look good, John. Florida Atlantic Sunday, they were not impressive to me at all, no, which is what scares I, I me. I really expected them to. To roll that team was it? Yeah, they were an eighteen point favorite, like thirty to twelve. Yeah, yeah. Did do you guys think this this NCAA tournament field is weaker, stronger, about the same as its most recent field? See, I, I just think it's a little weaker. Stats by Will says, and the oh, uh, big and, time, and all big the time. stats guys say it's the weakest field ever. It's a soft target. You know, uh, I'll tell you this. I think the Kentucky team and the Wisconsin team and the Duke team of 2015 would beat this Alabama team by 10 points. I agree, Brian. I think all those teams would absolutely murder, not murder. Well, that's the wrong choice of words there, but just they, they'd be in the Lord, Brian. Well, Come he on, Brian. He didn't mean situation, it. He situation, man. He didn't mean it. But the, but wrong the, word, wrong time. But the truth is, <laughs> but the truth is, John, before I go to the phones, what was Saban doing there? Saying uh, he used the exact phrase that that basketball coach said. He thought about it and said it. We're not in the wrong place, wrong time in my program. But what do you think that was about? Well, he just had to discipline a player himself. I think it was. Uh, I think he was probably uh, infuriated by how Alabama's managed that whole basketball situation including Nate Oates. I don't think he had – he and Nate Oates might have been buddies before all that, but that really hits Saban where he lives. He really believes in accountability with his players, and that's something he really preaches. So when you throw out – it's, I realize it's an off-the-field situation, but the same thing applied. He throws out – yeah, he throws – and I hate hearing that too. I really do. So I applauded Saban for saying that. And, yeah, it was a dig at Nate Oates. Uh, but I think he said it more because it just really get went against the grain of what he teaches and what he preaches. I agree with that. you got to be accountable. And- you got to be accountable with what you do. And this wrong play, and that's such a weak explanation for anything. Oh, wrong place, wrong time. Or, you know, he's been hanging out with the wrong people. Well, maybe the wrong people are hanging out with the wrong people. I, I mean, you know, it's like, well, he he made a mistake. No, he committed a crime. But that's what we hear a lot now when somebody commits a crime. He made a bad, bad decision. No, he well, committed a crime. Also, it kind of makes you wonder just how safe it is to be on Alabama's campus. And if Saban's trying to recruit, he needs some. I mean, right now, great his point. program has slipped. It's a great point. And That's it probably doesn't point. help him yeah. in recruiting the fact uh, that, well, you got, you've got a, a uh, area that's popular where students hang out that my kid's going to be at it quite a bit I'd where use a it. murder happened. I'd use it. I'd say, hey, look, you have a choice. And that's hurting his program. You have a choice, um, Mom. Well, see, here's the thing. You, yeah. And you've got the same problem right now at the two marquee football programs, not just in the SEC, in the country. you got Georgia's had issues this offseason. 
and Alabama's having an offseason. Uh, if I'm Brian Kelly at, at LSU, I'm really stressing how safe things are at, uh, on that campus at LSU. <laughs> Stealing money from the children's hospital doesn't sound too bad now, does it? I know. And even though North Baton Rouge is an absolute war zone, uh, yeah, I could see Brian Kelly coming back with that message because that's his top competition right now. Maybe, maybe Josh Heupel will Same say thing. something. Absolutely. If I'm recruiting yeah. against them, I say, hey, look, on our campus, we don't tolerate stuff like that. And you know yeah, what? You can't, have, I, you can't bring guns. I'll tell you for a fact, I know this for a fact, Rick Barnes threw a guy off his team for a lot less than that, and he showed a gun to somebody, basically. And he called him into his office, and he said, is that true? And the kid said, yes, it is. And he said, good, bye. And he was a guy that could play. It was early in his tenure here. I'm not going well, to get into it. Him. Good for Rick Barnes. But, yeah, Rick Barnes, when Rick Barnes that said was, that. That was Mostella, right? Dietrich Mostella? <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, let's go to the phones. 865-200-5402. Hello and welcome in. Hey, guys. Celtic Drew. How's it going? Hey, Brian, C. Man. Drew. Welcome in, brother. What's going on, guys? Hey, hey, the first thing I wanted to say, I've been wanting to – I've been wanting to call in and say this. Um, to me, the easiest time we would have ever had getting to the NCAA tournament was 2018. I mean, you lost to Loyola, but you would have had to play a seven-seed Nevada after that and then a nine-seed Kansas State to go to the Final Four. That was significantly easier than this. But you know what? I'm talking about getting to the 16. I understand. Because you I understand. because. Because not getting out of the first round is not a path. I mean, the first weekend, that's not a path. Because well, unless they you lost get, by one. Yeah, I mean, that's not a path. Until, unless you I get understand. out of the Sweet 16, you're not on the path. You're just in the gotcha. tournament. Once you get gotcha. out of the so, – so to my, in my opinion, this is me, you can have that opinion. That's fine. That team was very good. That team, for whatever reason, just wasn't going to win that day. The Kyle Alexander injury late in that game on that Friday, mm-hmm. or, or I guess it was a against Thursday Wright game State. yeah, against Wright State, really kind of doomed them, I think. And it wasn't one of Barnes's, uh, shall we say, uh, uh, not going to be a part of his highlight film uh, one no, day sure. when he's enshrined. But at the same time, to me, John, I look at when you get out of the – when you get to the 16, that's really when you have a shot at the Final Four. Yeah, and going back to that tournament, yeah. Loyola, Chicago, you know, we talked about Florida Atlantic advancing and not really playing its best game and making it Sweet 16, been very fortunate. That Loyola, Chicago team was playing really well. Oh, yeah. That team was, well, I mean, it, it just look at the results. It made yeah. the Final Four. It didn't just upset Tennessee. It had four good games. It played really yeah. well in that tournament. So that, to me, Loyola Chicago would have been a tough out for anybody. Uh, sure. Well, I mean, they beat the bottom of the They had a last-second shot to beat Miami. Yeah. They had to, they had to the have two last-second lucky shots to win their first two games. And that Miami so, team I mean, had one of their guards was out. Anyway, so, I, I just wanted to say that. I, I, I totally get what you're saying, Tony. It's just when I look back and think about, man, uh, that that was the year. That that's the one that I think of. Though your point is well taken. I totally get what you're saying because yeah, if you don't make it out of the first weekend, I mean, fair point. But yeah. hey, yeah. when I yeah. look at this FAU team, 
to me, this is the – you know what kind of teams are easy to drag through the mud? The kind of teams that do windmill dunks up 10 on a 16 seed. The kind of teams that are quote-unquote player-led teams. The kind of teams that jack up wild threes. You know who that reminds me of is a Bruce Pearl team. That's what I was thinking. The more people talk about this team, the more I think having a player-led team is great. But the teams that always make the big runs, a.k.a. the Tom Izzo teams whenever they're ranked, they know how to take over those player-led teams and coach those teams when it matters most. And FAU doesn't have that experience. And, you know, you can rack – you know, it's like, it's so funny to me, and I'm curious what you all think about this. In college football, when a team that plays in a bad conference and they have an offense that's ranked really high and a defense that's ranked really high, we are always quick to point out, well, let's look at who they've played. Let's look at who they've beat. And for some reason in college basketball, we tend to hesitate to do that. And and so the point I'm making is, let's look at what the Lady Vols did against Toledo. Different sport, I totally understand. The parity's different. However, you can be 29-4 and four and win a whole bunch of games in a bad conference and have all these wonderful stats. But when you come up against a team that's worth a damn and you get smacked in the mouth, how much do those stats really matter? Now, I'm not saying that we're going to blow FAU out of the water, but what I am saying is I'm not going to sit here and be super impressed by all these numbers that they've racked up against a conference that, frankly, isn't really up to snuff. I mean, and a lot of people like to compare them to, or at least I do. I had a buddy who was talking to me about this earlier, kind of the way Missouri plays. Well, to me, the way you control a team like that is you get all over the boards and you particularly control weak side rebounding. Because if you don't control weak side rebounding, long rebounds or missed shots, that allows guards to rebound more freely and they can get out and transition and, and, and get those wide-open looks. And that's what Princeton did against Missouri. They out-rebounded Missouri by 15. They made a determination before the game, hey, we're going to pound these guys on the board. And that's exactly what Tennessee needs to do, in my opinion, to slow these guys down and make sure they dictate the pace of play. Because Missouri was, it was is a lot taller than these guys, right? You all would agree with that. I mean, no, I, Missouri I has Kobe up. Brown. They don't have a yeah. Kobe Brown. Correct. And it, but if you just look at their lineup, see FAU has one rotational player that's over six four, only one. And you know, Tony, I've called in throughout this year and talked a lot about we have size for size's sake at times. In other words. A lot of our really big guys are limited offensively. Well, this is the sort of game where you want size for size's sake. I think about a team like, and you guys will remember, he had an interesting last name. Who was the guy who played for LSU when Lofton was here that always ate his lunch? He had an inter- I cannot. I can never remember his name, but he had such an interesting last name. Um, and, and he was not a, a gifted offensive player, but he always shut down Lofton. And when I look at our guys, I feel like we're just a team that's built to control a team like this from the outset. What, what do you guys think about all of that? I know that was a lot. Well, I think you're. I think from from one perspective, you're right in terms of when you look at the length of Josiah Jordan James, the length. Who's my key tonight, by the way? The length. That's the guy who's got yeah, the the yeah. length of Phillips. You you think about the length of Phillips. You think about the ability 
of a Meshack to get out and guard you. Those are three of the premier defenders in college basketball. I mean, not just in this region, but in college basketball. The the, the issue Tennessee's going to have tonight, and and the thing that got them at times against Missouri is that ball-watching deal. You're playing a team that's going to be in motion a bunch, even in their half court, and you don't want them to get comfortable. And, and we'll be able to tell first five to eight minutes of that game because Tennessee cannot afford to play from behind. They didn't really play from behind against Duke. They didn't play from behind in their first game. And so Tennessee has to come out early on and clamp down on them. I guess the issue tonight for me, guys, is, to Drew's point, am I going to play two big people or am I going to put Triple J at the four, put Cumwood at the five, and be athletic? I I would be almost – I, I would but, Tony, be. We can do both. We can do both. That's the thing. We don't sacrifice. That's the benefit of our size. We don't sacrifice size for speed. We can have, have our triple, cake and eat but, it too but, in a lot of ways. But, but if I'm going to put the enforcer out there, he doesn't rebound the ball. He never gets yeah, rebounds. But, but what he can do is a a forearm shiver could take Florida Atlantic out of its comfort zone. I, I understand. That motion. But but no, if you have him in the game, you're sacrificing rebounding because he doesn't rebound the ball. At all, but as a team overall, we do rebound the ball well. And and, and yes. to me too, the one thing Plavsic can do when that guy does get his rebounds because he averages about a double double. What he can do is apply pressure on that guy to yep. keep them from getting a quick outlet pass and have an FAU take up take off up and down the floor. I mean, I, I see no reason that we won't have learned our lesson yeah. from the Missouri game. And, and frankly. I, I just think that our size and our depth with size is a little bit too much. It'd be one thing if we had to sacrifice size for speed, yep. but but Tennessee's best defenders are some of our longest guys, and they're extremely quick for their size. Well, Drew, to your point, so, Drew, to your point, if Tennessee didn't have its history and Rick Barnes didn't have his history, I would love the Vols tonight. Because yeah, when I look no, at the I matchup in the game, I would love us Absolutely. in this game. Love. I totally get it. I mean, but you know what? This is the exact same way I felt about the Michigan the Michigan game last year. I try to look at it analytically. Oh, there's nothing to worry about. And, and that's the great thing about basketball, yep. particularly this tournament. Sometimes you just get popped in the mouth. But if you want to be objective about this and you want to look at I mean, their their most impressive win of the season in the NCAA tournament against Memphis, and how good really is Memphis? Yeah, they beat. Houston uh, they're excellent. The conference title. Actually, they're excellent. Uh, uh, I, 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 I Drew, hey, Drew, 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 we didn't want them. Just for the record, we did not want them. Oh, Matt, I, I wasn't complaining to see them lose. No, we didn't want them. Uh, that was actually a very good win. And, and listen, I appreciate the call, but here, here, here's the issue for the Vols. The issue for the Vols is the Vols are the issue. John, that's the reality of this. When you get this close, that history thing, for whatever reason, becomes real. And I don't know why that is. But they need to put this aside. This is a veteran group. This head coach. I I just hope they go out and play free and play well tonight. That's my hope. Well, I think they will do that tonight. That's why I think this could be a 15-point game. I love it. I think the problem for Tennessee will be in the next game. In the elite, oh, oh yeah, when when they're the higher seed, yep. 
in their favor to go to the Final Four. Hardest That's game to win when in the sports. pressure will come into play. Hardest game, hardest game to play in sports. You know, uh, Garrett Temple the third, we think, is the guy that shut down uh, Lofton. You were talking about Collis Temple. Collis Temple. Collis Temple. Izzo you know, uh, is going to be all over the officials. It's Garrett Temple. It is Garrett it's Temple. Kansas State. Was yeah. there? Okay. Izzo is going to give you a master class, he and Barnes, on how to chew on officials, too. There's no but, doubt um, that's true. Kansas State and Tennessee would be between a program that's never been to a Final Four and yes. one that hasn't been in a long time. Yes. Kansas State's been – I was surprised I was looking at that. Kansas State's been to four Final Fours. Now, who would but think I, I don't that? think any what? of them have been recent, though. Yeah. No, 1964 was the most recent. Wow. So that really almost is so they were, not even so they were going discussing. They were going to the yeah. Final Four before it was the Final Four. Yeah, yeah anything it, it before the 64 team tournament doesn't count. Yeah, Georgia, yours doesn't count. Sorry. Well. <laughs> Don't tell Hugh Durham that. It's really interesting, man. Yeah, it's a different game. It's a totally different game then. And plus, there wasn't even the tournament back then. Just didn't have nearly the attention that it does now. Well, the pressure, you know. The, the yeah, pressure. there's not nearly the TV coverage. There's uh -huh. not, you know, they're it's covered differently than it was then. I tell you what, though, those UCLA teams that dominated the sport for a decade, they would run through this tournament. Oh, absolutely. Run right. <laughs> Run right through it. Hey, John, most of these teams that have uh, – most of these teams from past years would beat these teams today because college basketball is a watered-down sport, which is even more reason to do it right now with a senior-laden well, team. You're in a watered-down year. I, I think the, the teams from a lot of the teams that went to the Final Four between like 2010 and 2015 would have their way. Just That's not that long ago. So, who do you well, guys? compared this year's team to the 19 Tennessee team, Purdue fans could do the same thing. I mean, that team with Carson Edwards, they would whip this team by 15 points this year easily. And could you imagine those white freshman guards trying to guard Carson Edwards in, yeah. in a tournament setting? And they had some size, too. Those, it, that, it was a really good, on them. that was a really good Purdue team. You know what that yeah, was, and they were guys? A three seed. You know what that was, guys, that night? A really high level, Sweet Sixteen basketball game. That was a now, great game. Now the Vols yeah. lost the game, but that was a high, high. I was talking to my son about that. He was, uh, uh, he was uh, there at Louisville that night, and he said that freaking thing was high level basketball. Mm -hmm. It's a shame he had to lose the game. I remember how spent we were at the end of that game. We we did a post-game show over at uh, Corner 16, and I was there with the great Greg Bell, the man who built our arena. And, God, it was flat-out exhausting at the end of that game. Let me bring a guy in right now who's live on the scene. He's setting a scene for us. This is what we call a scener. What do we call these, Sean, when you go to somebody and they set the scene for you? What's that called in this business? It's called something. The great, you bow your head. When you say his name, Josh Collins of my Collins Insurance Agency, sponsor of the program, sponsor of the post-game, Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime. Josh, you're an NYCNY. Tell me about it, brother. Yes, sir. It's a 
appreciate you having me on. It's going to be, it's going to be a big night. How excited are you? Oh, I'm pumped. I mean, first of all, as you know, of course, I'm a Knicks fan. You already know that, but I love I love New York City anyway. So just a chance to see the balls playing playing Madison Square Garden. This is um, this is a ticket you need to write off. To our call, to our listeners who are listening on their devices up in the Big Apple right now, what are they in for? The thousands who have descended, because you've told me and several other folks have told me that there's orange all over the city right now. Yeah, I've actually uh, seen uh, quite a few in uh, Times Square already. But just this morning um, at the airport, not only seeing our our flight was uh, nonstop, so it going going straight there, but also seeing the orange on our plane, but also the orange boarding the plane to Atlanta and then Charlotte uh, um, was pretty pretty wild. I actually didn't really expect to see that much. Well, you know, I did, and I'll tell you why. When Kentucky got eliminated out of that region, there are really only two fan bases that are going to buy those tickets up. It was going to be us and them. And maybe to some extent, John, Michigan State, if that Elite Eight deal happens, but but the Michigan State fans are going to wait for the Elite Eight. Tonight's crowd is going to be an orange crowd in there. I expect to see a ton of orange in that first game. Uh, like, Josh, you're, you're taking in the first game, yes? Yes. The question is, who do we root for tonight? Matt, who are we rooting for tonight? First game. It's a great question because Kansas State has excellent guard play. But Michigan State has Tom Izzo. I was originally I was actually thinking about rooting for whichever team has has less fans. Interesting. <laughs> well, that's not a bad. That's not yeah. a bad way of looking at it. Go ahead, Brian. I, I think Michigan State wins, but I think I'd rather see Kansas State. That's kind of what I was thinking too. So you you guys are telling me Kansas State hasn't been to a Final Four since 1964. John, is that you just told me? Yeah, but it's been to four. It went to four between 1948 and 1964. Those those were the golden days of Wildcats basketball. So they're 60 years past their last Final Four. We've never been to one. That would be a hell of a story if both those teams got the Elite Eight. Josh, think about that for a second. That would be because somebody's going that literally well, has never been. Try this on. Yeah. The upper region in Alabama's region. Yeah. The only team that's ever been to a Final Four out of those four teams is Princeton, and they've only been to one back in 1965. That's a great recall. Brian. Wow. That's good stat. Wow. So, Josh, how do you feel, man? I don't know whether to be – because John Adams is on here saying balls are going to win by double digits. That's – well, I hope so. Um, I think I think Tennessee rolls tonight, but I'm – I don't want to face Izzo on Saturday. Just to be honest with you, I don't. I don't think FAU can can handle our length, our defense. Yep, it's just, it's just going to be too much for them. To me, FAU's only path is to go out there and shoot thirty eight percent from three point land, and they're going to get their shots off. But so far in this tournament, they haven't made them. I mean, they they've lived to tell about it, shooting in the low thirties. And if they go out and shoot 31% against us tonight, 29%, you know, kind of where they've been, they'll get beat 8 to 10 points. They will not be in that game shooting the ball like that. They have to shoot the ball better from three-point land. Matt, are they going to get clean looks, or are we going to have hands in their faces with the Phillipses of the world and the Mayshacks of the world? Are we going to run them off the three-point line tonight, Matt? 
Um, prob- probably some. I, I, I mean, I don't think they'll just have this wide open looks. Um, but you know, their their spacing is kind of the the type of stuff that's given Tennessee trouble. You know, Va- Vanderbilt and Missouri mainly, you know, were able to to get shots off, but I. I, I don't think they'll be getting just wide open looks, no. Josh, I'm going to give you something Bino just gave me. and Because he, he's very anxious today. He said the following, You guys have helped me target the source of my anxiety. This is the one game left in the tournament that I just will not be able to stomach losing. I, I, I kind of agree with that. Cannot lose to Florida Atlantic tonight. You cannot let Florida Atlantic beat you, Josh. You're all the way up there in New York City. What do you say to that? I agree with Bino. I mean, I mean, I that's true. And then I hope that um, I know people give Barnes a hard time or the Christmas Day for this, his his March record and stuff. But um, personally, I think they make it happen tonight. But um, still, just a few weeks ago, everybody was didn't even think we was at this point. So we got to at least appreciate that part. But still, uh, hopefully. Hopefully they can get it done tonight, and and then uh, we keep this ball ball rolling. John, our fan base is not going to jump on Barnes, right? If they lose tonight, to Florida Atlantic, or are they? Because it's because of the opponent. How can you jump on a team that's gotten to the Sweet Sixteen without their point guard? They, they will. Well, they will. Uh, uh, they will. Yeah, I think they will because you're still you're the favorite. You're playing a John a lower seed. Come on, John. You got to the Sweet Sixteen without your point guard. I'm going to say on the record right now, I will not jump on this coach. I will not jump on this team tonight, despite what happens in this game. I think they've had a hell of a season. Okay. Will you join me in that, John? Did he make it to the Doing Final some... Four to see his name on the court, too? John, will you join me in that? Uh, no, I, I think this nice is shot. a game, though. The, the fact is, Tennessee hasn't yet advanced beyond the Sweet 16. I mean, we're talking about the Sweet 16 here. I think if you get to the Elite Eight and lose, you can say what you're saying. But I I think this is a game Tennessee should win. And I think it should win by double-digit margin. But Atlantic is not that good a team. But if you consider, though, everything you've been through, beating Duke, which is a top, people are calling it, and look, this is all subjective, you know, uh, they're calling it the top win in, in the postseason. Go ahead, Bry. It's almost going to make it even harder to stomach because you have to think that if they had Ziggy and they lose either tonight or the next game, everyone's going to be thinking, a lot of people are going to be thinking, well, if they just had Ziggy, we'd have made it easily, and, and that's going to feel like that we're even more cursed in a way. See, that's another reason why I give head coach grace. I stand with Josh Collins on that. Matt Dixon, what do you say? I, I think our fan base will be mostly graceful, Matt. What do you think if, we, if something happens and we get beat tonight? That team shoots the lights out. Uh, well, there'll be some, some in-the-moment you know, emotions, so yeah. you never know how that goes. And, and obviously how the, game, how the game plays out will be a factor in that as well. But I, I, don't, I don't think you could give Barnes a hard time for this season if, if, if they were to lose tonight. Josh, you're winning, aren't they? Tonight they are. The, the question is, if if Adams is on the whistle, what's the odds I get thrown out? Yelling at him. He's not going to be there. He's not there today. Oh, thank goodness. Yep. So you're, you're in good shape. 
If you head over to our blog this morning over at tclub.team, I've got the six guys who are in the pool tonight for uh, the officials. But uh, give me a gauge. How many thousand Tennessee fans do you believe have bought their way into that game this evening? And what is the get-in price? If you wanted to, like, buy a ticket right now, Josh, I know you picked one up for my son today. What is the get-in price? So as of right now, you're looking for just for tonight only, you're probably bottom dollars like 150 200 That is not bad. Just to get in. That is not bad for that. To be honest with you, I booked mine before the the Kentucky loss, uh, so I, I took a little bit of risk, but I was also afraid hey, if, if Kentucky won, it was going to skyrocket, so... Yeah, and that's exactly right. Tennessee fans will have a chance, once the Vols get by tonight, to gobble them up. I'll tell you what, for a chance to get to the Final Four and play one of those two teams, I predict 12,000-plus Tennessee fans in Madison Square Garden on Saturday afternoon. And, Josh, you're going to be a part of that. 12,000-plus, Josh. Now, you've been going to that place for years and years as a Knicks fan. Can you imagine 12,000-plus orange and white fans in that place? It'd be unreal. And I know uh, besides, I guess besides Kansas State, we're going to be basically the lowest seed. But um, if it's us versus Michigan State, I would think even just like the regular New York residents that just want to see the underdog, I think that even though we'll be the higher seed, but just in – Respect-wise, I think that they might even try to help help pull for us just because we're, we're somebody new. I agree with that. Never been to a Final Four, the whole deal. I mean, Izzo is, uh, you know, Izzo's been there and done that. The other thing Tennessee fans would have planned for them, if you think about the number of fans that would turn out, Michigan State's fan base is not going to turn out to see a garden-variety Michigan State team the way they would have turned out to see one of the Draymond Green teams that was full of stars the Valentine teams. You know, John, I just don't think those people are going to get in their car, get in the airplane and go. Do you, yeah. John? Oh, no, not at all. I mean, this is, uh, it, yeah, to me, Michigan, we're talking about, you know, how Tennessee would be viewed if it lost to them. Michigan State is over. I think Michigan State getting as far as it did. I, great job. You know, great you job. Know, uh, yep. When you have that kind of history, that kind of tradition. Yep. You don't you don't get revved up about this kind of team, and I think the star power element is there. You you don't really have the star power those those really good teams. I was looking at Michigan State's history under Izzo, and yep. they average a Final Four berth every like four years or so. So their last Final Four berth was twenty nineteen. Oh boy! Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you brightening Josh's day. Hey, hey, Josh, I'm cheering for Kansas State tonight. I'll answer your question. Matt, are you cheering for Kansas? I'm cheering for Kansas State tonight. Yes. Position statement. Uh, I I don't really care which one. I I just want to see Tennessee play one of the two. It doesn't matter which one. Position statement. I'm Brian? Not, I'm not asking for it. Just, just get to the game. Brian? Yeah, I'm cheering for Kansas State. Kansas State. John? Don't care. Appreciate you guys were in for Cinco today, who didn't want to sell yesterday for my position statement, which I love. I appreciate the no sells. Uh, Josh, will you join me didn't, in that? Didn't y'all want Oral Roberts over Duke? The great Josh <laughs> Collins, yes or no? Yeah, that's fine with me. Thank you, brother. Love you. Appreciate you. Enjoy the day with your family and the Vol fans. 
at large. And how will we know it's you, Josh, when we see you? Well, I'll be I'll be in the nosebleed, so you don't have to. You probably won't know. But anyways, I'll be I'll be the one as soon as uh, James throws a down or or uh, Euros throws an elbow on somebody. I'll be the one stand up cheering. So, Beautiful, Josh. Why don't you wear a bright yellow today? <laughs> see, see, see you, Josh. Have a good one. All right, have a good. See you guys. The great Josh Collins, Collins Insurance Agency. He's up there holding it down. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. John Adams presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. If you want to get in the hunting in the mix with us today, and Mo Mori, Mo Mori, Mo Mori, I want to get his thoughts now that it's game day. College basketball is so weird and so random. John, did you see the Lady Vols coming out and just tattooing two opponents right now and looking like the juggernaut they are? Where does where does this come from? Or was that yeah, all I, draw? Was that I all? Did. I mean, those were just vastly overmatched opponents. But I will say it, it looked like more, and Brian uh, texted me on this, it looked like some of the great Lady Vol teams where they usually used to demolish teams in the first and second round. That's what this looked like. But the talent gap was just enormous between those teams. Iowa State, when it lost to Toledo, uh, Iowa State probably could have come much closer to Tennessee. It wouldn't have won. But uh, the Lady Vols have a really good shot at the uh, at the Elite Eight. I think, of the, I think they match up well against Virginia Tech. Uh, that game is, last time I saw it, was even. I think the Lady Vols are a really good bet there. They lost by three points during the regular season, and they played without uh, Rakia Jackson. So I think they can beat Virginia Tech. Their problem would come the next game. They they need to pull for Ohio State to knock off UConn. Can they get by UConn? I don't think so, no. It would be incredible if they got back to a Final Four this year. If both schools You did. know, getting... Getting to an Elite Eight would be something. I guess some of these folks might have to finally get off Killer Jolly's back if they can win one more game, right? Well, uh, you know, I wrote a column a few weeks ago about comparing Kelly Kelly Harper and uh, Holly Warlick. And uh, after four seasons, this was, uh, this was uh, Harper's fourth season. Uh, it, it's pretty much... Uh, I guess Holly's won about 20 more games and won about 20 more games. What? And in her fourth season, yeah, in her fourth season, she made it to the Elite Eight. So if Tennessee gets there under Kelly Harper, they would be pretty much, at least NCAA tournament-wise, where they won after four seasons under Holly Warley. 865-200. Jolly had to really, you know, she struggled probably more so at first because she had the culture had to be redone, and she kind of inherited a mess in a way. Brian's a fanboy for Kelly Jolly. Uh, Sounds like it. You don't seem like you're joining. You him have a Kelly no. Kelly Jolly jersey, Brian. Autograph. Nobody has a poster. Eight six five. I'll give you. I'll get you one, Dixie, if you want one. Do you have a uh, Holly Jolly poster? Eight six five. Have a Holly Jolly two, program. Have a Holly Jolly Christmas on the other side, right after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797.
Hello, this is Sergeant Brian Goats with Columbia Police Department. As a friendly reminder, the annual Mule Day Parade is Saturday, April 1st. Road closures will take effect from 7 a.m. to noon. Motorists traveling in Columbia that morning should expect delays around Garden and Carmack, West 7th, and Murray County Park. Follow our Facebook page at Columbia PDTN for the most up-to-date information. Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohee Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. The balls are gone, ladies and gentlemen, into the great wide open. Under the sky so blue, into the great wide open. And they are a rebel with a quill as we bring the great Mo Hanks in. Without further ado, who's got uh, the officials for tonight's game. John Adams is here, presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors Online, seniorshelpingseniors.com. The great Ray Bales in NYCNY making it happen. Marty Hanks now appears on the TLD Logistics Hotline, online at tldlogistics.com. And even though I'm going to be up till 4 o'clock in the morning, we are going to do a quick uh, overtime segment, uh, an overdrive overtime, because we have calls, and I'll get to you. I want to be fair. Mo Hanks, welcome in. Give me the temperature, brother. Your thoughts on the day now that it's game day. Uh, Tony, like I said yesterday, um, I think if if the game is played, you know, 100 times, I know it only needs to be played once. UT win 90% of them, maybe more. I know it's just a one-and-done game, but I expect Tennessee to win tonight. To your share of John Adams. John Adams is like, guys, I don't know what you're talking about. It's a double-digit game tonight. Vols are going to win this game. On, on what you're what you're talking about, Mo, the officiating draw the Vols have gotten is it good, bad, or ugly? Uh, Tony, I think it's good for the fact that they have a Big Ten referee in there, and Big Ten referees, you know, refereeing in the Big Ten night in, night out, allow those guys to play rock'em sock'em robots. Um, Larry Scarato, Ryan Dorsey, and AJ Gessie that, that did the game last week, and. Um, Again, so he none of those guys have called FAU games in the, you know dur- during the year, so I think that's an advantage for UT, and uh, I think having Larry Scarato there is an advantage for Tennessee. So Scarato, Dorsey, and and that Desai guy who called sixteen blew his whistle twenty times and called sixteen fouls on the Vols on Saturday. Matt, are you going to be watching him like Refalitics Judd? Will you be charting the officials tonight, Matt, like Refalitics Judd? Uh, no, I'll leave that to the experts. Mo, well, 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 Matt, I, 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 I don't, like I said, I, I don't know Judd at all. What know if he's sitting in the car with me like the great Adam Jackson and John McHenry are now. We're actually going to eat, Tony, so i got to make this quick. And, of course, I'm buying like I did with you. But um, when he says he calls 20 fouls and 16 of the 20, I'd like to talk to him sometime. When Tony Basilio calls a foul, do you not think Maury Hanks maybe calls a foul in the same play? I don't know. Like, I talked to five officials this morning and asked them that. And he's, and basically they all thought it was a, 
a nonsensical uh, Well, they would. Because he's Rafaeletics. And listen, Rafaeletics Chad is here to hold officials accountable with the art of Rafaeletics. And, of course, those guys aren't going to like Rafaeletics. You know, thunder only happens when it's raining. Players only players only love you when they're playing, Mo. Come on now. Get back to my point. Do you not think on most plays in college basketball, I want you to watch tonight. Yeah. Okay. If there, there are not two referees call a foul at the same time. Mm, I don't know. Of the time, Tony. I don't know about that. I see fouls called from way across the court by a trail. I see fouls called way across the court by trail officials. Mo, it's one of the things about sportic basketball is it can be heavily influenced by officials. Go ahead, Brian. Should the fact that Scarado doesn't he live in the South Florida, Miami, Florida Atlantic area? Should that be a concern? I don't know. He was the police chief of where? Somewhere down there, uh, oh, Fort Lauderdale. He's originally, he's originally from he's originally from Pittsburgh. I don't know if he lives in Fort Lauderdale anymore. I think I think he that's an advantage for Tennessee because of the style they play and that he referees a majority of his games in the Big Ten. So you're saying advantage when you look at the three officials, Desai, Scarado, and who was the third Mo? Ryan Dorsey, who did Dorsey. two UT games early in the year. All right, I'm gonna we're gonna have a three way with you and Rafa Lytics Judd, and he's gonna bring you to his side because the man. Tony, Tony, is the hang on the man is brilliant. The man is brilliant. I'm just saying, I see in in been around college basketball since 1984. Mm-hmm. Referees call fouls on the same play on the same call. How does he decide who called the referee? I'm not saying that his numbers aren't correct. I'm just saying these three guys. I think you know could could they have been happier having Jeff Anderson? I think Jeff Anderson is the best referee out of the six in New York. But I think having Larry Scarato referee in a league where they allow him to play is a benefit to UT. Now, again, as you said, day-to-day, just like on baseball, Tony, the guy may have a bad day, guy may have a bad day, and, and, and not, not have his A game. Like you said, it's all it's all judgment calls. Anything can happen in these deals, yeah. And that's why, Mo, these people that gamble on college basketball, more power to you, I'll just stick to betting on raindrops. And I appreciate you, brother. You're the man. Enjoy lunch. Thank you. Hey, send me the bill. There's such a thing right now as PayPal, and uh, what's the other one? Cash App. What's the other? Is uh, what's the other one, uh, Matt? You where I can pay people through uh, ca- uh, Cash App? Is that no? What's uh, Ven- Venmo. 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 Send me the money app. Send me your yeah. I'll Venmo you, Mo. But I know the Scraggler ain't ever. Wonder, wonder if those officials take Venmo. That's my smooth. Maybe Jay Billis knows their. I yeah. Uh... You, that that's what I call breaking down the officiating. I don't think I had, and Tony was breaking it down in even more detail, off air. So go back to I, our. I don't say I feel like I've never known as much about officials as I do now going into this. This Scarado guy is a rather colorful character. As Mo Hanks appeared on the TLD Logistics on, Hotline, online tldlogistics.com. Back to the phones we go for our radio portion. Hello and welcome in. Hi, Tony. What's up, Bill? Hi, John. Hey, Titans, Bill. Long time no here. Yeah, I know. And hi. Hello, Brian. Bill, Bill, our time's ticking. Go, go for it. T- Titans, William. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's only one way I would describe Jay Billis, Tony. Right. A punk and a clown. That's kind of two ways, but I feel you. Oh, he's if mad could, because it's all, he's mad because it's all my mother lost to Tennessee. John Get a, over it, Jay. John is Get a, over it. John has a question for you. What is it, John? Yeah, Titans Bill. If you could only use one word for Jay Billis, what would it be? Would it be a punk or a clown or maybe a clunk? A clunk. Okay. I bet he's good golfing buddies with Mark Emmert, Jay Billis is. And I'll give you another term for, for Jay Billis. And I stole this from one of the people that used to star in Hill Street Blues. Dog breath. Dog breath? Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you who the actor that said that, John. Who was he the actor the, that said that? He played the role of Detective Milk... Milk... Uh, Mick Belker, he he was uh, an undercover cop. To, that what? Did you mean Milkbacker? Milkbacker, milk, right? Yeah, he what was. A, that was the character's cat. name or the actor's name? Titans Bill on the way out. Hum me three bars of the Hill Street Blues theme as written by Mike Post. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Have a good day. Let's get our next call in. On your Tony Basilio show, on a John Adams Thursday, it is a Sweet 16 Thursday. Hello. Hey, Tony. Chi-Town Trey. Chi-Town Trey, what's up, brother? Hey, before we get into basketball, I just wanted to clear the air with you and Matt. On the whole uh, Cheryl Scott thing, I I was uh, at the NBC Studios of Chicago. I was not... I was just following the other people. There were a bunch of 50-year-olds outside the glass watching her about to come on air. And I, and I did wait the whole 30-minute show until she came out, and I did talk to her. But I wasn't like – I was the youngest person there. I was the only person under age 50. And all I did was talk to her, and I said, hey, like, you know, we both have Knoxville connections. I'm from there, and you used to work there. And, and, and how did it go for you? Did you get anywhere with her? Um, who are you talking you know, about? Cheryl Scott, who did, and he's in for random bill today. <laughs> he's in for random bill. Brian, of all the things that This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. 
Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. I am Jack Blackstone. I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Looking for a fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. 
The Mules are back in town. Plan now to attend all four days of Mule Day 2023, Thursday, March 30th through Sunday, April 2nd. The arts and crafts and flea market activities take place at Murray County Park Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sunday hours are 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The arts and crafts area consists of over 100 vendors with a variety of items that are all handmade by the crafters. You'll find quilts, pottery, ironworks, woodworking items, coins, and much more. Over at the flea market, you'll find 70 more vendors selling a variety of items such as sunglasses, toys, games, clothing and accessories, western apparel, cowboy boots and hats, decor, and lots more. Be sure to stop by the arts and crafts and flea market areas during your visit to Mule Day 2023, March 30th to April 2nd, right here in Columbia. Visit muleday.com for a complete schedule of events. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.